0: Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the experimental shotgun
1: rework, some fun fan animations, and the first week of playoff.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 31 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are a little bit late this week coming out with the episode because Zoom decided it wanted to uh, eat the files that we had. So, um, sorry about that. But, Kevin, how are you doing with these fires in NorCal? Because SoCal, we've got some fires going on. It's gray in the sky. looks like it's going to rain, but it's just smoke. But I know up north you guys have, like, an actual serious problem going on. Hmm, Something went wrong. Google, no, no, shut up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I did not ask for you. All right, hang on. <laughs> yeah, it's like um it's a literal bonfire out here. I woke up today. I usually wake up super late. Um but I woke up early and I I looked outside and I was like, "Wait, it looks dark," so I went back to sleep. So, I'm I'm actually confused about time. I haven't seen the sun in 3 days. Um the the ash has covered the entire sky. It looks like apocalypse now 24/7. Oh it's really like scary for the most part it's it's just really overdone um but yeah it's uh, everything's on fire everything is on fire and it sucks um but good news everybody in California knows it's a boy so i guess that's fun <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Yeah, if you don't understand that reference, um, California, there was a uh, there was a gender reveal party that someone somehow decided they really needed pyrotechnics for this. Like they needed pyrotechnics to announce to the world that, yeah, it's gonna be a boy when an email or a Facebook post would have sufficed. Um, and so that started a fire, and that that's one of those ones that's raging right now. So. Yeah, go go California. Another thing, if you ever think about moving to California, just know that fires are a yearly thing and they're it's like it's like how in Florida everyone always freaks out about the uh the hurricanes, we just don't get as much of a uh um we don't get much of a fanfare when this happens. We just get told that we need to sweep the forest.
1: <laughs> yeah, but honestly I don't really think it's the forest's problem. I just think that we just are It's stupid. just dry. It's just dry out here. It gets dry, and then it gets, like, not damp. Like, it, it rarely rains anymore. Uh, yeah. So, because of that, everything's just dried up, and it's just, like, pre-kindle.
0: Or the thing is, when it does rain, like that grows a lot of vegetation, and then when that vegetation dries up, it makes for an even worse fire season. So, we literally cannot win in this at all uh how else have you been doing kevin anything uh, (laughs) anything going on besides the uh the crazy fires and stuff
1: uh yes actually i've been working really diligently on starting up a pokemon stream so i've been grinding pokemon for the most part i've been hatching everybody who's been in my friends list have known as known for like probably the past month i've been like competitive breeding pokemon so it takes like it takes years not years. It takes like a solid two weeks to get like one Pokemon to so like where it needs to be. Um if I'm grinding it like twenty-four seven. Um but it's really interesting. Like I really just got into it probably like a couple months ago after watching like the competitive scene and just being like, Oh, this is something that looks fun. Um and then we recently got a ban list for it. So now there's some Pokemon that are not allowed in the game. Um so that's kind of fun to watch and stuff. So were you running yeah. any
0: of the band Pokemon?
1: I was not. Um I was I was breeding some of them and then I was like, oh, okay. Well I guess I'll pivot now. Um so yeah, pretty much right now I'm just trying to figure out like what to put on this new team, um and if it will be good enough to really live throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, I finished my first team. I'm gonna be Showing that off hopefully sometime this week or next week. Um, I'm still trying to get the whole streaming setup going. Uh, and that's gonna be in the glass box. It's not gonna be in my normal like room setup. So it's gonna be interesting. Uh how about you? How how's your you had your class today, right? Are you talking about like the uh
0: the screening? Yeah, the screening thing. Oh yeah, no, the screening, uh I did the spirited away screening last Saturday. The one from Jiro is gonna be in um next week not this upcoming saturday but the next saturday but the kids really seem to like it the ones who came like we have i think 25 kids signed up for this session of of the after school program between 9 and 14 cam i think some of them trickled in and out but it's really funny because there's this one girl who i'm pretty sure had seen the the film before so she understood it and she like knew where miyazaki was coming from with the relationships he was building with uh chihiro and with um uh Haku. haku And everyone in the chat is like, oh my God, are they going to get married? Oh my God, are they going to kiss? Oh, they love each other. And she's like, guys, she's like 10 and he's like supposed presenting as like 15, but he's like a river spirit and she's a human. And like, like they can't get married. They're only kids. It's like, they're just friends. Calm down, calm down. It's just really funny seeing her argue with everybody in the chat. She was getting very, very much invested in like preserving the the wholesomeness of their relationship. So um that was fun. I'm looking forward to learning more about sushi for the, uh the Jiro dreams of sushi thing. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun. Exp- like it, getting kids to experience uh, different kinds of media that they probably wouldn't have thought of, of watching before and, and seeing what their interpretation of the things is. Also, have you seen Mulan, Kevin? I want to. The, the new Mulan? The new Mulan. No, okay. I have not.
1: But like, okay. I, It's that the gate, man. The real gate is the reason why I haven't done it yet. So, like, my family does have Disney Plus.
0: Like, Mm. so you're waiting for that. We watched Ratatouille. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Ratatouille. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you're waiting for December to see it.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like, who, who buys Disney Plus, which is like really expensive already, but on top of that, like, pays an extra thirty dollars to see a movie. My friend did like was and it so worth it watched it, it was her
0: it was not worth it absolutely not no it's terrible like in my in my opinion like yes it's great that you've got like an asian cast but also like none of the creatives who are behind the movie are asian so it's like it's a white writer a white director i'm pretty sure um and like they're trying to emulate the the kung fu wire fighting style of like traditional kung fu movies but they do it so poorly just with the acting and the editing and then just the choreography in general um $30 is not worth this movie. Like you've got some like legends of the Kung Fu cinema. You've got Jet Li, you've got Donnie Yen, you've got Zima who's like had a resurgence in his career very recently with like The Farewell and now with uh, with this Mulan movie, but it's just, it's so poorly done. And you know how I was talking with the Arissa book about how they like throw in references to like the, the voice lines and stuff and it feels like they just threw it in there and threw it in there. Mm-hmm. They did that with... Mulan, like there's references to the songs and like lyrics from the songs that honestly just make you wish that you were watching the cartoon. So on some aspects, it's like, yay, you've, get, you've got Asian people on the screen, but also like it's so poorly done that it's like you didn't, this is not the, uh, the film to get Asians represented. Plus you've also got the, uh, the lead actress who's got her whole controversy about Hong Kong. So it's just, it's a hot mess of a film. It's such a mess, so if you've got Disney Plus, I would highly recommend not spending the 30 dollars if you're on the fence about it. Just wait till December, when it's going to be just included in your, uh, your payment plan already.
1: That or trick one of your dumb friends who have Disney Plus to go and buy it, and then just everybody
0: comes over with pizza or something like that. Oh, yeah, I mean, just make, make, a, make just a thing out of it. Make it a COVID-safe, pizza-friendly thing. Anyway, so let's get into the news of the week. So um, if you watch the Overwatch League, uh, and you've listened to us before, you know that Zoe is not currently on the desk right now. She's got to take care of her dad in Sweden. So she left, I believe, two weeks ago, so she should be out of her quarantine right now. Um, so she should hopefully be able to actually take care of her dad, which is what she's left for. Um, and so last week, the week before this one that just happened, we didn't have anyone else on the desk except reinforce and Custa, and that worked out fine, but this week and apparently they announced it on Twitter and I just never saw it, but they did announce that Frankie Ward would be stepping in to fill that spot. Um, I didn't know who she was. I did a very preliminary preliminary uh, search to see who is this woman and why is she on the desk? Why is she worthy of, of taking Zoe's spot? Um, apparently she has been a caster from the UK for a while now. Uh, she's done blizzard casting before with things like hearthstone so she does have a track record blizzard obviously liked her enough to give her the shot um she said on twitter that she she's not seeking to uh to replace Zoe. she's just there to um just kind of do her thing she she's there to fill in for Zoe. she's not trying to uh Take Zoe's spot away from her. She said she very much looks up to Zoe for what she's done for both the league and for women in esports in general. Um, and, and honestly, Frankie did did a fine job. She's not ex- especially uh, notable, but she did the job well. She was exciting. She was enthusiastic. She like she knew the game. Um, I I don't know if it's just because she's from the UK or maybe her facial structure like vaguely resembles. Uh, Daisy Ridley's, but I got very Daisy Ridley vibes out of her. (laughs) Yeah, when
1: I saw her come up, I I thought, you know, this is a very good move. Um, I do agree that it's kind of like last minute, especially considering the schedule. We only have, what, like literally three weeks total.
0: Including Uh, like break, I think.
1: Including the break too. Like we have that long like one month break between you know the next week's playoffs and then the rest of it. So it's kind of it's good that she's getting the experience, and I'm glad that Blizzard being is able to hold people from their you know casting community and being being able to bring them up for this. But at the same time, it's just kind of it kind of sucks that she's only going to be around for like literally only two weeks just to kind of be that fill in mm-hmm. for
0: Zoe. I mean, I feel like I don't feel like having her now was necessary. I would have been. I'm completely fine if she comes in for next season, like add another very much needed female presence to the Overwatch League in general as a personality. I mean, like now she does have the experience, and honestly, like they they bring in other people from time to time. They bring in like Pixie and his buddy, and honestly, I I don't like the way they cast for me as something just off about it. But like the way Frankie would was talking about the league, it was it was fine. Um, I, I I hope they bring her back because um, there is the question of is Zoe going to be able to come back in time. So if they bring her back and Zoe's not back yet, um, that does keep the the ratio at least what it was pre um absence. And if they Zoe so does come back, that that balances the scales a little bit. Do you think they'll bring her back? Is is there a chance? Because i think that like going into this season there wasn't a big hiring there was a big culling like we lost so many people like we we lost golden boy we lost uh um Puckett, we lost uh malik we lost um who's uh lavar burton's daughter mika burton we lost her we lost mika um do you think that what do you think is going to happen staff-wise with this upcoming season? Do you think is Zoe? probably going to come back if she's able to. But is Frankie going to be an addition? Um,
1: I can definitely see it if she wants to be a part of the team. Um, I wouldn't discount it. I would also say, like, I really do not know what's going to happen next season. Um, obviously, this season was a huge transition from. A lot of a lot of our talent that we used to have on the desk have has moved away which is is really disappointing but what does that mean for the next wave of talent um it it's really good and bad and it also depends on if like you know the league survives so it's all about who is able to stay there and who do they want to keep um right i would I want to see, like, obviously, I want to see recurring faces, but um, if we do get new talent, I wouldn't be surprised either.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, moving on to another news story, we've got another experimental patch coming this week. I, I don't believe there was one last week. I think last week it was just the implementation of the the most recent experimental patch. But now we've got a, another one and this one feels a little bit more like kind of a buff as opposed to where the uh, the last ones have been more nerf heavy. So this one is is for shotgun users. So you've got Ash, Doomfist, Diva, Reaper, Roadhog, and Torbjorn who are affected by this general patch. Um, and what they've done is we're making weapons that utilize shotgun patterns more reliable by removing the random rotation applied to each shot. Individual pellets within the shot will have a tiny amount of variance to their firing angle for the sake of shotgun weapon feel, but this change will provide significantly more control over aiming these weapons. So in general, you've got more of a consistency and um, precision buff for shotgun users. It's not going to be completely random anymore. Um, I know people who I play with on my team who like playing Sombra, they're very happy about this because this doesn't mean that they'll be like, running across the map and like some one single stray diva pellet's going to touch them and take them out of invisibility um and for shotgun users in general i feel like this is a good a good change of life because now you can actually like aim with some level of reliability and consistency like you know you're going to hit something um two heroes got additional changes to them roadhog they wanted to uh Keep Roadhog's chain hook combo reliable but not like overpowered. So they reduced the damage per pellet from seven to six, which gives you a uh, 150 total damage per shot. And for Torbjorn, they changed his uh, secondary fire to be slower by 0.2 seconds. So it's from 0.6 to 0.8, but they increased the damage from 10.5 to 12.5 per projectile. So 125 per shot, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to make him a little bit more beefy when it's in close quarters. So in order to balance the uh, the increased damage, they made him a little bit slower while firing. Um, I really like this change. I think it's it's just more reliable and a lot better for shotgun users and for anyone playing around shotguns to to not just be hit by like complete randomness. I think this is a a good change of of quality of of play. Um, and with the the amount of Roadhog that we're seeing and like more increase on Reaper as well uh, I think this will make the the meta a lot stronger for those two characters
1: yeah and the whole shotgun pattern rotation is actually kind of big for a lot of these characters that are included the reason for that is without the random rotation it means that your shots are going to be a lot more consistent which means that It's more of a buff to shotguns, even though people will just be like, oh, well, they can't just like spray randomly. It's more like they will learn the spread pattern and they'll be able to use it to their advantage uh, even more. The two that I look at specifically um, is going to be Roadhog because of the amount of damage that he can deal to the shield. Um, And also Doomfist. With that amount of like non-variation, it means that he could be a lot more consistent If he gets in your face in time. So I feel like that amount of damage is going to be really helpful. Um, And also, like, Diva's spray, um, it's just going to be a little bit more focused, which is
0: very helpful. I feel like the least affected by this is Ash just because it's only on her coach gun.
1: Yeah, it's just ability um, used mainly for mobility, um, if anything. It's not really damage. But um, I guess you can use it if it if you really need a coach, gun somebody in the face, um, it really does help in that factor. But it's just gonna—it's gonna be a lot more skill-heavy. Um, you can't just right. kind of throw shots at in you know, a uh, general direction and hope that it hits. You have to be a little bit more precise with your hits,
0: mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, I think this is going to—I personally, yeah—I think this is going to go live. I don't really see any any issues people would have with this rework i think it's it's definitely going to help the game so maybe next week we'll see it go live maybe they might tweak it a little bit more but i i think this is one of the ones that i actually do agree with for once um so skipping around on our list just because i wanted to like kind of link these two together um there were two videos that were posted onto the overwatch league youtube page um they're both called the devs and the details will play on the devil and the details kind of saying that we i don't know if you have it in other countries but in north in america we say like the devils and the details to just to like mean that like things can get bogged down when you get to specifics um but the first one it's the devs talking about like the weird animation requests that they often get from overwatch league fans so if you're if you were watching overwatch league in season one you'll remember that people would often bring signs to Blizzard Arena and have crazy requests like let Torbjorn wall climb or uh, let Zen walk. Or if you were watching season or season one, stage three, I think week five, you might have seen me holding up my sign that said, uh, let the pig fly in its road hog with mercy wings. Um, so the devs talked about that. And apparently they're, uh, what the reason that they would do that sometimes is because they would take anima- if they would see one that doesn't take a, a too much of a, an intense animation process, what they do is they just swap the character model and throw it on there to uh, let the fans uh, see something fun. So if it wasn't as long as it was easy to do and the dev had time or the animator had time, sure, we'll honor your request. Um, so the, most, uh, the the most popular ones that people do remember are the Torpion wall climbing and the the Zen walking. Now they also said the devs talked about things that they'd be interested in seeing, like Jeff said, "Oh, what if we gave Genji a uh, turret? Or what if we uh, what if we made Bastion a helicopter? What if we let Diva blink?" Um, so what happened was, I who was the uh, let me see who the actual uh, person who animated and did this? Elo Hell Workshop. That's the user. So they created a bunch of different workshop modes where you can see like what would happen if Bastion was a helicopter? Or uh, what if Genji had a turret? And if you give him a turret, it just like shoots out these floppy swords everywhere. It's, it's really weird. Um, and they also came out with the second video, which is them like reacting to the names that the community has given for the characters. Uh, so according to them, the way that they do character naming is that they have a, a working model for the character. For example, Farah started off as Rocket Dude. And throughout the process of creating the character and finally releasing it, they'll change the name and eventually come out with the release name. So Rocket Dude eventually became Rocket Queen when Farrah became a woman. And then she got the name Pharah. Uh And so the different ones that they, re- they told us that they particularly liked was calling Winston Monkey. Like, it's just so much easier to say than Winston. And the community has embraced Winston as a monkey, though he's an ape. Uh, I didn't know this, but people are calling Moira Nails, which makes sense, but I've just... Always called her Moira. Uh, there's a different. There's a distinction between when you call someone legs because most often we call soldier legs because of his ability to run. Uh, but there's this distinction between horizontal legs and vertical legs. Horizontal legs is soldier. Vertical legs is Baptiste. Um, so that that's an interesting fan distinction right there. Um, do you have any weird names that you you've encountered for characters, Kevin? Or like going back to the first video, like any any weird character model swapping that you think would be fun to see?
1: Um, the, for the names one, I mean, we had a really hard time naming Hammond uh, when we first met him. There was Ball, there was Wrecking, there was uh, Ham Ham, uh, Hamtaro. We've gotten a whole bunch of them uh, just because, you know, he, Hamtaro, My he's God. got a bunch of different names. Um, the easiest one now, everybody just calls him Ball. It just kind of That's the community name for it now. Um, but when he first came out, we're just like, what do we call this? Like moon animal number two. Uh, like you want to make it the long one. Um, but yeah, it's just, there was so much uh, for that. Um, in terms of like animations, um, I remember we saw Diva blink. That was one of them that was there. Um, I wanted to see Reinhardt grapple hook. Uh, I'm still down for that just because, uh, Flying barriers would be insane, and then just allow him to like Mary Poppins' guardian angel himself down to like, <laughs> like you're a,
0: a widow sniping, like looking cross map, and all of a sudden, just big German man just pops up right in your field of vision, just smacks you to hell.
1: He's just out there. He, uh, you grab a hook up, and then you pin. And you see the widow get pinned from the high ground, just out of nowhere. Like where'd this dude come from? He's like I took my grapple hook
0: <laughs> but also like just just imagine flying bastion how terrible that would be for everybody
1: yeah flying bastion is scary uh i mean we already have enough trouble for i mean for the average player it's hard enough to hit Farah, uh let alone yep. now bastion who can just uh fly and do whatever he wants so
0: and it's not like yeah get it. like He's got so much more control than Farah does. Like the way that they animate, it. he's like an actual helicopter where you can like hover and move left and right. So, um, please, devs. Even though you like seeing the community make these animations, don't make them a real thing. Just please don't. It was a joke. It was a joke. Please. A joke. We don't actually want this. You're the ones who wanted it. We don't. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, if you all remember DeFran. Uh, DeFran used to play professionally for the league, then left because he wanted to go be a farmer. And he recently shared some media, uh, images on social media of him actually being a farmer. He's actually got things growing. He's actually got crops growing, which is fantastic because uh, that's just great for DeFran to be able to live out his dream. I, I want to know what he's growing and if he's going to have actual crop yield in, um, in the fall. It's almost fall time. It's almost time to harvest. But that lead me to question like farming has is literally like the antithesis of esports. Farming is a very like hands on physical thing. Esports is all virtual. Um, farming is, is for the most part very analog. There's not a ton of technology you need. Um, and even then it's not like super advanced stuff. With like esports, you, you, you're using like the most advanced like computer software stuff. Like you, you're heavily reliant upon like the internet. Um so there's really not a lot of skill crossover when it comes to to farming and esports. So that led me to wonder like when these people get out of their esports careers, when they're done, and they're officially retired, they're they're not moving to a different game, they they're actually at the end of the road. Where do they go from there? Like what career could you possibly go into that has um crossover that you can use like you have an applicable skill for from esports. Um uh, there's really not a ton because like with with traditional sports, um you you typically like you, you're gonna go into maybe like commentary, coaching, or or stuff like that. Or you'll write a book, something. Um plus they also have like a ton of money. The the money from traditional sports is just so much higher than it is for esports. So the question becomes like with esports you're not making that dough you don't really have as many options there for you like where does an esports player go
1: Yeah especially after the whole esports thing the the main thing that you're brought onto your team for is not only just like how good you are at the game but also your communication skills of just being able to Work with a team well enough to get yourself to where you need to be. Um, that is just a very good skill to have in general. Um, that's just kind of hard to put on a resume. Just saying, like, oh yeah, I, I I played with a professional esports team as you know team captain. That's how it worked. Um, there's more of a reason to it than that. Um, I hope that we can get more out of it. You know. Um, But I don't know what it means for, you know, esports professionals when you retire. Um, I know a lot of them, because they've spent so much time in that realm, they're invested in it in a way. Um, So I know a lot of them become coaches or even become their own esports organizer. And that's like how we got 100 Thieves Um, with Nadeshot. Nadeshot was a professional, I believe, Call of Duty or Halo player Um, before he joined on and made his own company which is now 100 thieves which is doing great um so yeah i i don't know what the real translation is i know you know in sports we have the whole sportscaster thing where they go into the casting thing and we've seen you know jake and custa do that but um we don't know how long that lasts for esports in general um so honestly, the next step is just very difficult to figure out, and I'm glad that Defran has kind of found his way um, into something that he likes.
0: I just, I just never would have imagined an esports player going into farming, but like he, he found it, and he apparently is being successful at it. So all power to to Defran. Good job, guy. And I, we talked about this when we originally recorded the episode, but I don't, I don't know if you've been able to like think of any jobs that could like that really could take on an esports player or any like or any esports players who have gone on into something that's that's not esports and they've been successful at it like like farming like I I can't think of really anybody who's gone on because I know you mentioned like afterwards a lot of them will go back to school instead they won't like go into an actual career yet
1: yeah usually they use their winnings to kind of go back to school figure out what they want to do and then use that to really push themselves forward but i haven't seen any like big esports player that has made that jump um but i know that it exists i know that it's out there um yeah it's possible so yeah it's very much possible
0: and i mean if if the college esports thing happens then if it really becomes more established, then you're going to see people who are going from college into esports then into, I guess, trying to get into the workforce. And then at that point, you've been out of school for so long. Like, are your are your skills or the training that you did in school still applicable? Like, what what's going to happen then? Are you going to go back to school again and, and relearn what you needed to or, or get another degree? Yeah, it's kind of a a lot to take in and a lot to figure out. It's, it's uncharted territory so far. It's because yeah. we haven't gotten there yet. It's still, it does, it, it does all, that scenario does hinge upon esports becoming accepted and established as a, a collegiate path. Um, it's, it's starting, but we're not to the point where it's really something we need to think about yet.
1: Yeah. Um, we just have to figure out what comes after esports. I feel like that would be You know a billion dollar idea if you want to do like a whole uh documentary on that just the whole thing of after esports what what do professionals do um it it would be a really interesting thing because not a lot of us know like what happened to you know the esports stars of the past do they just go and retire and get a desk job or go back to go back to school and now they're doing something else um but yeah, I, I know that a lot of players want to go back to school afterwards and get a career and stuff like that. So it just depends on what they want to do with it.
0: Imagine one day like you're uh you're you're you go and like you're you're talking to your banker and you realize like, oh whole crap, did you used to be Sinatra? And it's like, Yeah, I used to be Sinatra, now I'm a banker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just being there and being like, hey man, you used to, you won TI. Oh man, now you're working out like a Denny's. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just not like that. I I want to know what happens to these esports professionals later on.
0: So the last thing that I I have on the list of notes is um, it's it's I, I read a story from The Verge. It's circulated around the internet a little bit by now, so some of you might have seen this. But there was an article looking about how fans of the league are staying connected during the pandemic, which I think is significant because uh, even within this podcast and like just all around the focus of the effects of the pandemic has generally been around the league, the, uh, the team owners and the players. We don't really talk about how the fans have, have been affected by this. Um, Cause I think fans for the most part are, are the most flexible here. Um so according to this article, like everything, the fans were all super excited for this season. Cause this is the season where finally, they're finally going to get to be the hometown team. They're finally, a lot of these people are going to get to be in the arena, watching the game for the first time. If you weren't fortunate enough, fortunate enough like me to live in Los Angeles, where I could just randomly decide one week, okay, I want to go to see overwatch play this weekend, drive down to a, uh, or take an uber down to burbank and watch it so that was a very limited uh gate of i guess there's there's very limited access to something like that so teams were negotiating with their fan bases to have like specific sections like allocated just for them uh, different events like meet and greets and whatnot and they were all ready then pandemic hits and then all of a sudden you go from like being a very connected very vocal group who would like go and watch these games together. And we're anticipating like being in the arena together to uh, not being allowed to be in the same room. Um, and so like they didn't take this line down. They, they found ways to to adapt. So there were people who like started hosting screenings over zoom or over discord. Um, there were people who uh, organized games. I know the Dallas fuel did this a lot. They organized games with the coaches or the players of the Dallas fuel to play with them on private servers. Um, there were people now in, in other countries where restrictions are starting to more or less ease up. Like there's, there's less restrictions in China. And I believe in countries in Europe, you're, you're starting to have more gatherings. So they would gather in groups of maybe five people and watch the game together, stuff like that. So, um, while we normally do highlight how well the, uh, the league has, I guess, adapted and the players have adapted to. Not having the homestands, uh, it's really great to see that the fan base is just as enthusiastic about the game still and have found ways to still show support, even though they can't do it in person.
1: Yeah, the community is actually really strong right now. Um, considering everything that's gone on, usually we were supposed to have the homestands, you know, that was supposed to be a time for uh, me and everybody who's in the shockwave family. Hello, if you are listening um to really just get along and hang out and enjoy you know the whole atmosphere but they have also been running things where uh you enter yourself into a lottery and then if you win you get to play um with a couple of players i remember last week it was um it was violet and choy i believe um and they like drafted teams out of like a random hat and they were just like oh yeah we'll contact you private lobby um and then the other the other um players were allowed to coach the other team but what if they so, suck like, yeah even if you suck it's just really funny to see cuz you know you have like some of the best players in the league playing with people who are just like you know randomly ranked and just seeing how they do yeah um but it'd yeah would be funny it was, if you're just playing your
0: worst character while like you're playing with the pros it's like you're, you're you're intentionally like really sucking especially
1: yeah it it happens like that sometimes and i just hope that you know, we get to see a lot more of community bonding. Uh it may not be the greatest thing right now. Obviously, it's not like meeting in person anymore, but it is something that we could all enjoy. Um and you know, watch the games as they happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I know you're you're hosting tournaments still too, you're casting things still. So there is there are still esports. It's just lots. It, and there there are still communities who are there supporting. It's just we don't get as much um visibility as the uh the baseball fandom who are paying for their cardboard cutouts, or like is that is that the only sport that's really like having fan engagement right now i think uh the
1: the, M- the nBA actually has like you enter into like a specialized zoom call oh. where where like have your live webcam like showing in the background um, oh they, they seat you by your team that you support, so it's oh, really yeah. funny. Um, like I remember the, the most popular one was like Lil Wayne was at like a Lakers like zoom call. So like they're there to watch the game as they're happening, but Mm -hmm. they, they only get to see it from like the camera's perspective that they have, but they get to see it live, which is pretty cool. It's
0: the closest approximation to being there. Yeah. It's the closest thing you can do. Um, yeah. Okay. I realized I was going to make a point earlier, and I never actually made it. So going back to what I was talking about, what we were we were discussing with the, uh, with the patch, and then the uh, the the devs and the details thing. For me, it feels like with all these patches coming out, and then like showing something that the devs with well, the devs something like that, I feel like it's, I feel like it's like the devs are trying to say hey, look at us, we are supporting the game. Like, look, look at all these changes. Look at all the things that we pay attention to. Um, considering like all the, all the flack that they've had for not giving us anything on Overwatch 2, how people saying this is a stale game, all the, um, the negative reviews people are leaving of the dev team of, of not really being transparent and engaging with the fan base. It really feels like they're conspicuously doing stuff now. I don't know if that's how you feel, Kevin, but that's that's an impression that I am getting. Yeah, I I feel
1: that as well. Um, it's one of those things where now that we're looking at it, um, we know that they they done goofed. I, that's probably the best way how I could say it. Um, they let their game become stale by not updating us while it was popular, and now that it's being rivaled right now, and you know the league is falling apart you lose you lose a whole bunch of people to like you know a new game um they're trying to bring people back um but you know the damage is already done like there's not a lot you can do so the one thing that i i would say overwatch 2 has to be amazing like it has to be one of those games that when people see it it's gonna be the reason why we we go and watch it like the reason why we come back to the game is because they're updating it um so yeah i i think that they they dropped the ball for the most part when it came to keeping and sustaining their audience um i know a lot of people left during goats uh that, that's one thing and then when they switched to 2-2 it kind of helped but not really um but yeah, so there's just a whole bunch of stuff that like they needed to do earlier, and if they did, they probably could have kept a lot more of their fan base during season two.
0: Hopefully, we do get to see Overwatch Two sometime in that first quarter of 2021, like uh, their predictions have been. If not, I don't know what's gonna happen to this game. But if it's still there, I guess we'll still be here. So Overwatch really needs to step it up. I hope that they're kicking themselves in overdrive now while still paying their developers a a proper wage and giving them enough time off, um, which I know Blizzard has also caught flack for recently. So um, much love to the devs. Like just actually give us something. You don't have to keep pretending that you're paying attention. Just give us something good, give it to us quick and we'll be okay. You'll probably get a lot of your your player base back, but only if you do it quickly and properly. Anything from you, Kevin? Any news that you wanted to share with us? Um, not
1: really. I just hope that everybody's staying safe. You know, we're still in the pandemic, so don't go around uh, coughing and sneezing on people. Um, watch Overwatch League with your friends. Um, I I actually watched the uh, the San Francisco versus washington justice game with a bunch of friends they came over um over the weekend we're all clean uh we we got tested so we're we're all good we just hung out and we watched the matches um it was really nice to just be able to like talk to people while it was happening live um it's one of those especially when they are like your old teammates from overwatch and stuff you can just say like oh man they they messed up there or you know that was a good grab uh, good EMP play there. And we really just dissect that as, you know, college potential college, like esports players to really just make it something big. And if we can do that and stay together and stay safe during this time, uh, that is, that is the best way of going about it.
0: For sure. Definitely stay safe. That's the most important thing right now. Uh, stay safe from COVID stay safe from the fires and any other natural disasters. Um, Thanks for tuning in this week, guys, to the news section. Uh, also, please tune into the gameplay section where we're going to talk about the first week of playoffs and uh, tune in to us next week. See ya.
1: Next week, we break down the second week of playoffs and find out who's going to be in the finals.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, and follow us on all social media at Believe and OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.